Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Oh, Jesus, it's good to be home. You guys excited? You happy? Come on, in his presence is a little bit of joy, right? Come on, in his presence is how much joy? Come on, fullness of joy. I'm so excited. God is restoring the joy of salvation within the body of Christ, the simple gospel. If you're not happy, I just want you just to meditate on just that simple gospel that you were once in darkness, but now you're in light. You were once blind, but now you see that he chose you before the foundation of the earth and decided that, that he loved you enough to die for you, then to resurrect from the dead and to reconcile you to the Father. And I want you just to meditate on the simple gospel that every good work that he's begun in you, he finishes to the end. That by grace through faith you have been saved, that not of yourself, but it is the free gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, but you're his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. This is who you are. The Bible says in John 1, as many as received him, he's given the right to become children of God. You're a child of God, which means that God is for you. And as the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, if God is for you, then who can be against you? No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening around you, he works a little bit of things out for your good, right? How how much? He works how, how much? Come on, say it louder. All things out for good. I don't care what you're going through tonight. I want you to be encouraged by this good news that we get to preach He is for you, not against you, and he's going to work this out for good. He's able to do it, more than able to do it in your life. And he will do it, and he has done it. Come on. And he's done it before. I have a friend of mine, uh, Dan McCullum. Some of you know him. Anybody know Dano? And I want to read this psalm tonight because uh, this afternoon, maybe it was this morning, I was listening to the song that we were singing about miracles. Don't you tell me he can't do it with Brandon Lake. I was listening to it in my bedroom on some headphones that my friend Chad and Leilani gave me. It's an amazing set of headphones. And I'm listening to it and I'm like shouting probably flat because you can't hear yourself when you're singing. Anybody ever sing with your headphones on? It's probably not a good idea for everybody else. But for me, man, I'm just going for it. And I'm weeping as he begins to pray for miracles even on the the live album. And I'm like, God, you want to do miracles tonight? And I remember Dano one time, I was with him at his house. He hosted me, and he began to talk to me about miracles. And he just began to testify of miracles. And I began to testify of miracles. And we're eating breakfast just talking about miracles that we have seen. We're just telling the testimony. And we're in a way, we're meditating on the miracles of God. We're feasting on the miracles of God. Just testifying and becoming more and more awe. And then I would tell a miracle. And then he would tell a miracle. And um, last night it happened again. I was celebrating Joaquin's birthday with a few guys. And we just started talking about miracles. We just began to testify about what we've seen God do. And you could just feel the atmosphere just begin to swirl with expectation. Because faith 
come on, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I know in a house like this at Bethel uh, that we know this, to feast on the testimony. But uh, I remember as I was talking to Dano that morning, he was talking about Psalm 145. And how for years, when he would sense that, he, that, that God wanted to do miracles on a particular night, how he would read through that psalm and declare it over the atmosphere. And they began to see incredible miracles everywhere. And uh, I just felt to read that because um, there's one verse specifically in here that's really standing out to me because God's been touching my kids the last couple weeks. Anybody else, your kids, been encountering the Lord, like, especially in the last couple months, like... I'll, maybe I'll share some stories about it, but every week, one of my children is like weeping under the power of God. They're worshiping God on their own. Some of you would have heard Gabriel sharing about how he worshiped all the way from here to New Braunfels, and the next day, they worshiped all the way back and filled our, 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 our van with just the glory of God, because the, the praise of babies knocks out the teeth of the devil, that's how Brian Simmons translates one of these psalms. The praise of babies silences the, the voice of the enemy or knocks out his teeth. I just like that translation. And, uh, but how about we just read the Bible? Anybody like the Bible? I feel like God wants to do some miracles tonight. We'll go after that. Um, there's going to be some activation. I feel like we'll go after that. I feel like there's going to also be an invitation to repentance tonight. Come on, let's celebrate for that one. Repentance is not a bad word. Repentance is a, is a gift. It's a gift from God, and it's an invitation to come up higher, to actually be free of some stuff, and to actually be empowered by God, because in order to repent, you have to be humble. And God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And when we're in humility, come to a place of brokenness and come to a place of just reverence before God and we repent of where we're falling short of what has been made available to us by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Literally nothing is impossible and because he's made us new creation and put his spirit inside of us, he's given us this, this ability to be holy as he's holy. And sometimes when the word of God comes, oftentimes when the word of God is preached by the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens is that the holiness of God brings an awareness that we have to repent, that we have to turn, come on, from living our own way and actually fully surrender again. And it's God's good pleasure to pour out his fire on the heart that comes in that type of humility. He's attracted to humility. Come on. And so I don't know how it's going to get there or where we're going to go, but I feel like we're, I just want to make a declaration. We're going to see miracles tonight. Your kids are going to begin to see miracles tonight. They're going to begin to see something happen in your life that's going to begin tonight, and they're going to say, something happened to my parents. I don't know what happened in that service, but the Holy Spirit touched my parents, and they're different. Come on. You believe that? All right. Let's read Psalm 145. Here it is. I'm going to read it in the New King James Version because that's what I have up here. I will, ex you know what? I'm going to do it in the Passion Translation. How many people like, uh, love the Passion Translation and Brian Simmons? I love Brian Simmons. He's been a father in my life. But here it is. My heart explodes with praise to you. Now and forever, my heart bows in worship to you, my King and my God. Every day I will lift up my praise to your name with praises that will last throughout eternity. 
Lord, you are great and worthy of highest praise, for there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. Here's, here's the verse that really stood out to me about tonight. Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. Your magnificent splendor and the miracles of your majesty are my constant meditation. Come on, just put your hands on your heart for a minute. I want you just to begin to remember the miracles that you've seen him do right now. What miracles? Like, just as Brandon Lake was singing in that song, I've seen the metal dissolve. I've seen the prodigals come home. And he begins to meditate and remember the miracles. I want you just to begin to remember the faithfulness of God that you've already seen him do. And allow it to stir your heart with expectation of what he'll do tonight. I believe that God wants to heal everybody that needs healing tonight. Because Jesus set the standard and he healed them all. Come on. Do you want to be in a room where Jesus heals them all? Like 100%. How many people want to be in a room tonight where Jesus heals them all? Listen, that means we got to be participators. Come on. We're not just spectators. We're participating. You're creating an atmosphere with me of expectation. Jesus came and could only do a little bit of miracles because of their unbelief and because of their familiarity. Sometimes you can become familiar with an atmosphere, even familiar with a certain anointing, and subconsciously you turn off your, your honor, you turn off your expectation, but God wants to lift the level, the water level of our expectation of what he can do tonight. I believe that God wants everybody healed tonight, every single person, and, and this happens as we meditate on his miracles. Come on. We're gonna, I'm going to show you a video tonight of a lady who got out of a wheelchair and ran across the stage, ran up the stairs. Literally, she had spastic testaparesis. She was, she was uh, paralyzed and spastic about it. And like literally, like she got out of her wheelchair and took off running. And I was as shocked as she was, man. I'm telling you, I was jumping up and down. I was praising the Lord. But the reason I'm going to show it to you is because I want it to fill the atmosphere for, full of faith of what God could do tonight. Because I, I, I believe that God wants to do these miracles tonight. Come on, Jesus. I'm going to keep reading. You guys like this? Your awe-inspiring acts of power have everyone talking. I'm telling people everywhere about your excellent greatness. Our hearts bubble over as we celebrate the fame of your marvelous beauty, bringing bliss to our hearts. We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. I tell you, that was a weak shout if I've ever heard one. I want you just to think about your breakthroughs right now. Come on, just think about your breakthroughs. Think about your breakthroughs. Some of, some, some of us in here, I feel like there was, uh, there's people in here, you had a breakthrough of a pregnancy. I want you just to remember, remember when you couldn't get pregnant, and then suddenly, bang, you had that baby in your stomach. I want you just to remember that breakthrough testimony right now. Some of you are believing for that testimony. I want you to know I've seen that testimony. That miracle, as many miracles have, 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 have I've ever seen, I've seen that one probably more than anyone, is people who can't get pregnant, and then all of a sudden they're pregnant. Because God does that. Come on. He heals wombs. He gives babies. That's what he loves to do. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to keep reading for a few minutes. 
We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. You're kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it and very patient with people who fail you. Your love is like flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. God, everyone who sees your goodness for your tender love is, blend, is blended into everything you do. Everything you've made will praise you, fulfilling its purpose. And all your godly lovers will be found bowing before you. They will tell the world of the lavish splendor of your kingdom and preach about your limitless power. Who does that? Who does that? The lovers of God do that. Come on, it doesn't say the evangelist will preach about your limitless power, does it? It says the lovers of God will preach about the limitless power of God. Come on, why? Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And because you love God with all of your heart, right? Not some of your heart, but you love him with all your heart. Say all. If we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as ourself, this is the greatest commandment. Come on. Then the, the evidence of a heart that's in love with Jesus is evangelism. And a lack of evangelism is evidence that there's room of repentance. Come on, evangelism isn't something you do, it's who you are. It's out of the abundance of your heart. You are the light of the world. The city on the hill cannot be hidden. Come on. That's who you are. You're a child of God. Listen, um, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Come on, if you love God with all of your heart and your mind, what are you thinking about? Come on, we're thinking about God because we can't help ourselves. Listen, I remember falling in love with a beautiful Canadian girl, and I'm more in love with her than ever, this blue-eyed brunette from Canada. And I remember when I first got saved, I thought to myself, I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul. He said it's better not to get married, and I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul. It's just so I can give myself to the preaching of the gospel. Like he said, I was hyper-spiritual and, and very zealous, and I, I just believed that I was going to be you know, celibate, and I was going to be just a... Uh, one man thing, I'm just going to preach the gospel like he said. And then I couldn't quit staring at this beautiful girl. And even when I wasn't in her, play, in, in her presence, I couldn't quit thinking about her. And I thought it was a temptation of the devil. <laughs> Literally, I thought he was trying to distract me from my purpose of preaching the gospel. And I, I would rebuke the thoughts. I mean, I would I'd try. I'd be like, Father, please forgive me for just thinking about her and not you. I was like, stuck. I mean, I'm a, I was a new believer, you know. And I'm like, God, help me, help me, help me. And then I would I'd make it for about 10 minutes, and then I, I'd think about her some more. And, and that would last for about 20 minutes of constant meditation on this beautiful girl. And, 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 and I'm like, God, I, I feel like I'm going crazy. you got to help me. I can't, I, can't, I can't help myself. And he's like, that's right, because you're crazy about her. And he said it in such a way and that it was a good thing. And uh, the thing is, that's what love's like. You can't quit thinking about the person. And, and um, I remember I repented in that moment, and, and, I, and I remember Genesis 1, who said, it's not good that man should be alone. So I agreed to help her. I said, I'm going to listen to God the Father, not Paul. <laughs> but I remember we started dating, and I could not help myself. Like, I just couldn't help myself. I... I couldn't quit thinking about her. And if you talk to me about football, I love football. I was going to bring it back around. It was annoying. You ever been around somebody who's in that la-la stage and they're just in so love? You can't talk to your friend anymore. They just want to talk about the person all the time. Why? Because they're in love. They can't quit thinking about them. 
He's dominating their thoughts. And, and if, you, if you guard your thought life, you won't have to guard what you say. Come on. I believe that God wants to turn our first love fire back on. You remember? Some of you are in that right now, that la-la stage with the Lord where you just, you wake up in the morning and all you can do is think about him. Like you're, you're, you take your lunch break and some of you just skip your lunch to eat just because you got to go be with them. You remember those times? You remember those like when you would wake up at two in the morning and you just had to spend more time with the Lord? Or when people just thought, man, that guy's just not even social. He's just all the time, all he's doing is praying and just spending time with the Lord. Like I feel like the Lord wants to revive that first love fire tonight. He wants to make us an example. And this is the scripture that I really want to preach about tonight. And it, it's from uh, the Apostle Paul. And he says, I, I want you to imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. I feel like the Lord wants to put something on us to where, to where when we can boldly say, as you see me, you see the Father. We can boldly say, Christ is in me. That when people are asking us about the, the joy that you're carrying, about the miracle breakthrough, we can say, listen, when you see me, you see the Father. I mean, that might sound audacious to say, but this is the, this is the gospel. Like, this is, this is the gospel. This is the point. This is the gospel that the angels long to look into. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Be holy as your God is holy. Come on. The gospel isn't just that we get our sins forgiven. The gospel is that he empowers us to go and sin no more. Like the woman that was caught in adultery, guilty of sin, guilty and, and the death penalty was, was righteous. The law said stoner. And she comes before Jesus. They throw her down and they're accusing, 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 and they're right. See, the accuser is right. We have sinned and we deserve death. Yet, Jesus the advocate stands in a place of, of, of mercy. And he stands up and he says, whichever one of you is without sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, the oldest to the youngest leaves until it's only Jesus. And when she looks up from that place of shame, from that place of public shame and being caught in the very act of adultery, from that place of fear that she's getting ready to lose her life by stoning, I can't imagine the fear, she looks up and she sees the merciful face of Jesus. And Jesus said, as if, as if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. He says to the disciples, have I been with you this whole time and you haven't known that the Father is in me? Listen, if you don't believe me for the words that I'm saying, believe me for the works that I do. For they testify that the words that I say is true and that I've been sent from the Father. Listen, I believe that God wants you to do works that testify that you've been sent by God, by the Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is the evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, and this shall happen. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Come on. What's the evidence, according to Jesus Christ, that you have received the gift, the promise of the Father? Is it just that we speak in tongues? Come on, not according to that scripture. Listen, that is a evidence, and we know that because when the Holy Spirit's poured out, often it testifies that people begin to speak in tongues. Is it to prophesy? Not just prophesy. 
Listen, we know that that is, it's all through the Old Testament, all in the New, that when people get filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin to prophesy. But according to Jesus, the number one testimony that you have received the gift of the Father is that you have power to be a witness. See, I think a lot of people in the body of Christ, especially in the charismatic world, have had a learned behavior experience. They've seen what it looks like when other people get touched by the Holy Spirit and they want it so badly. Listen, that's not, listen, I'm not making fun of that. Listen, my kids, they do that. And I don't think God cares. Listen, they want it. And sometimes there's, a, there's an acting that happens and, and they're wanting it. I remember one time when I was pastoring, the Lord said, why are you so offended at them when they're doing that? Because I'm not offended. Because I'm like, oh, that person's just acting. They're acting in the flesh. And uh, who knows if they are or they're not. But the Lord says, why do you care? He said, just let them be in the atmosphere. If there's real encounters happening, they'll have the real thing soon enough. Come on, they're pressing in for it. I'm telling you, but I feel like there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, they haven't pressed in enough. See, one of my spiritual fathers is Randy Clark. And he preached a message called Pressing In. He's got a book that all of you should read um, that, is, that, is, um, that is called There Is More. And you should read it. But it's talking about pressing in with humility. See, we have the microwave Christianity culture, I believe, that a lot of times people just come to the altar and they expect something to happen in the moment. And they don't actually wait on the Lord. They don't tarry and wait on that authentic power. They're not seeking the Lord in the secret place until, listen, the 120 were seeking for many days until a suddenly moment happened and the place where they were at began to blow the winds and they were filled with the fire of God. I believe that many of us tonight need to press in at the altar tonight and believe that God will touch us fresh tonight, that there will be an impartation from his spirit to us that we would get baptized with the spirit of holiness and fire and that we would go away from here no longer subject to a heart that is condemning us because of our secret sin come on see i think a lot of people don't preach the gospel because their heart condemns them because there's compromise in their life and compromise is stealing the confidence within a lot of the people in the church but there's there is a prescription and that prescription according to the word of god is the baptism in holiness come on the baptism of fire come on that repentance area, come on, where John the Baptist said, uh, they asked him, are you the Christ? And he's baptizing people with water. And they said, are you the Christ? He said, I'm not him. I'm not even worthy to unstrap his sandal. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. Anybody want that baptism of fire tonight? <laughs> God, thank you for Psalm 145. Thank you for their testimonies, our, our constant meditation all the time, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you want to set us on fire. See, this past week, my, my daughter, and the reason I want to talk about being an example, the reason I want to talk about our hearts burning and repenting from um, just even, like, not caring about the loss. A lot of people, they don't pray for the loss. They don't ever preach the gospel, ever. And yet Jesus said... Go into all the world and preach. Say preach. The gospel. The great commission is not the great suggestion. And Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll obey me. So the evidence that you love God is that you obey God. You can't just say you love God and then not obey God. And yet the, the, the great commission that he, that he, when he ascended to heaven, 
that he left us with is go preach the gospel and make disciples of the nation. And so this is the great commission. So any vision that we have for our life has to be in submission to the great commission or it's out of order. And so I feel like a lot of us need to have a, a, a readjustment in, in what the point and purpose of our life is, whether we're in business or whether we're, you know, um, going to work by the hour or whether we're a stay-at-home mom, mom. Our purpose is still connected, obviously, to our identity, but also to the Great Commission. I'm telling you, if 10 people in this room were to preach the gospel to one person a day for 90 days, just 10 people were to be a doer of the word. And not just to hear it, just 10 people in this room were to preach the gospel to one person a day for 90 days, then 900 people would hear the gospel in 90 days. And if 10% got saved, then 90 people would be saved every 90 days. And if 5% were to become disciples and start coming to this church, then this church would grow by 45 new believers every 90 days. Not transfer growth, not because they like the worship better or they like the children's ministry better. Not, not they had a different church and they come to this one too. But no, new believer growth. And that's just if they don't bring any of their friends and family. See, I, in, in our culture, we press in for revival and we, and we pray as though we want revival more than God wants revival. But Charles Finney said, far be it from me to pray to God as though I want revival more than he does. He said, far be it from me to pray to God for revival if I'm not even willing to preach the gospel. He said, therefore, I shouldn't pray to God for revival. I should actually pray that God makes me a, a revivalist. Come on. I believe that this is our prayer tonight. That if we were to look at our life and how many of us have led even just one person to the Lord this year or in the past two years. How many of us are preaching the gospel as a lifestyle? Listen, it doesn't take an evangelist to preach the gospel. It just takes a believer. It just takes somebody who has a testimony. See, you have enough. Say, I've been given enough. You've been given enough because you have a testimony. You can testify. You can be a witness to what you've seen and heard him do in your life. You have a testimony. You have a living relationship with Jesus. And what is salvation? How can you testify of what salvation is? Every one of us has a living testimony, and we can testify. Jesus said in Matthew 7, he said, Many will come to me in that day, talking about the day of judgment, and they'll say, Lord, Lord, with their lips. That means they're saying Lord to, the, to, to, to him. They're calling him Lord with their lips. But I'll say to them, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. So you can say, Lord, Lord, and yet not know the Lord. That scripture, I mean, they even did miracles in his name. They cast out devils in his name, yet they didn't know him. And another place in John 17, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they would know the Father and the Son whom he sent. But then in John 10, he says this, my sheep, they hear my voice, and they follow me, and they know me, or I know them. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and I know know them see we can't know anyone that we don't talk to but not just talk to but listen to see this is this is what it means to be saved that you can hear the voice of God that you have a living relationship with God that you're feasting on the word of God that you're sitting before him as a priest and you start your day receiving the love of God and then giving it away everywhere that you go and because of that your heart's burning because didn't the disciples say when they were walking with Jesus on the way to Emmaus, do you remember? They, Jesus was speaking with them, and what did they say? 
after he reveals himself and he breaks bread, he, they said to themselves, did our hearts not burn within us as he spoke with us? Listen, if we're sitting before the Lord and hearing his word and listening to his word and reading his word and meditating on his word and meditating on his miracles, our hearts are going to burn within us. And out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks? Come on. See, the, the, the most unruly of all of your members is your what? Your tongue. If you can bridle the tongue, you can bridle the whole body. And what happens at the baptism in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2? They're baptized with the Holy Spirit, and what is arrested with the fire of God? Their tongue. And what does Peter use to stand up and preach the gospel? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. But how can they hear unless somebody preaches? Say preach. Which means with words. God wants to set us free from fear. Every one of us tonight, many of you will be delivered from the spirit of fear. Jesus does a miracle and he fills Peter's boat. And Peter gets a revelation that he's the Messiah in that moment. He says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Jesus said, do not be afraid. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm telling you, God's going to set us free from the spirit of fear and make us fishers of men if we'll follow the way. Amen? Come on, Jesus. My daughter, I do a prayer call every, every day, Monday through Friday. I wake up, and I do a prayer call with some friends of mine. We pray from um, 7 to 8 every day. Uh, they're intercessors around the world. They're dreamers. Everyone gets dreams almost every night, and we pray through our dreams. 80% of the way that God speaks biblically is through dreams. And so we're always dreaming, and it's just a matter of whether we're listening for them, whether we're expecting them, whether we're writing them down, whether we're expecting to God to speak to us through dreams, and whether we remember them or not. But God's speaking through dreams all the time. And so we pray through our dreams, and I was on my prayer call, and my daughter comes up to me in the middle of it, and she says, um, Dad, God's speaking to me through the Bible. And she's 10 years old. Her name's Abigail. And... Um, she says, God's speaking to me through the Bible. And he said, there's, and, and she read to me the scripture about the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And she's reading to me as if I've never heard the story before. Hey, did you know this said? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, Dad. Let me read it to you. The kingdom of God is like leaven. And I'm talking to her about the mustard seed, and I'm telling her how small it is. And we're talking about the mustard seed. And that day, Chelsea takes her on a date. And uh, they have a date day, mom and dad daughter date day and they spend a lot of money <laughs> buying clothes and different stuff and having fun but as they're out and about my daughter um chelsea says begins to go up to people and she says that she would just go up to random people and say did you know that jesus christ loves you she's 10 and and then they would say oh thank you and she said no do you believe it in your heart And my, and my father's heart is like, oh, my God, my girl. And she would do that. And she, they said they went to one lady, and the lady wasn't receptive. She, most of the time when a child does that, their, their response is, oh, thank you so much. And people are receptive. But this particular lady didn't like that. And um, so that night, I'm putting the kids to bed. And if you, we got four kids. We got a 10, an 8, a 4, and a 2-year-old. And uh, all the parents out here would know sometimes bedtime routine is everything you could do. 
I mean, I love bedtime routine, but it can wear you out, man. And sometimes I'm just trying to breeze through it as fast as I can. I mean, I try to engage, but I'm praying for them, and I'm trying to get through. And it was just one of those nights where I was trying to get through it so I can get some rest. And, and, um, but I'm telling um, the kids what I'm proud of them about before they go to sleep. And I'm like telling Abby, I'm so proud of you today. You were preaching the gospel. Your mom told me that you were sharing the gospel with people in the stores. And, and, um, and, sh- and I could tell that there was a little bit of disappointment on her. Because last week, we shared the gospel with a guy. We went uh, floating down the Kamal River. Anybody ever go floating on those tubes down the Kamal River? We just moved here. We love doing that. And we were going to float down that river, and um, we were blowing up our tube with these electric pumps. And um, we got through six of them real, real fast. And there's these other guys down the, down the way, and they're trying to blow them up with their, like, huffing and puffing, you know. And uh, they weren't getting very far very fast at all. And they came down, and they were like, can we use your pump, please? And so we're letting them use the pump. And as they're doing it, Abby walks up to him and says, did you know that Jesus loves you? He's like, what? Oh, my gosh. And he's like, do you believe it in your heart? And the guy's, like, impacted by her boldness. And so I co-partner with her. And the long story of it is that guy ends up getting radically saved. He rededicated his life to the Lord on the spot. And uh, it was powerful. And so last week, Abby's testifying in the children's ministry. We got to lead a guy to the Lord. And then the power of the Holy Spirit hit her, and she's weeping on the floor, and all the kids get touched by the Lord. And so that's her expectation for every time. But this time, the lady kind of doesn't like it. Like, she's almost like rejecting it. And so I can tell the disappointment kind of little on her face. And I said, "Um, but Abby, don't you know um, that's a seed? And in the moment I said seed, I had forgotten what she said in the morning. I had forgotten what the Lord told her to read in the morning. And in the moment, we both got it at the same time. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And then it's no longer speeding through. I laid down in the bed with them. And I'm like, isn't it cool how God speaks, Abby? You remember this morning when you said God spoke to me through the word and how the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed? And I began to speak to her about that, and the light bulb went off in her heart that she could hear God through the word, that God was speaking to her. And all of a sudden, Stephanie Gretzinger is singing in the background. My kids go to sleep listening to Stephanie, and she's singing this song, As I Get Old. Something I can't remember how the lyrics go, but when I'm old, let it be said of me that, that I loved him with all of my heart. That's something to the lyrics around that, and she's singing about her kids and the generations, and and I just begin to weep and cry because my little girl has seen me share the gospel so many times. And she's just imitating me. And I feel like the Lord wants to ask you a question. Are you living your life in such a way that people are imitating you as you imitate Christ? See, because I learned it from Chris Overstreet. I would go with Chris Overstreet, and he would just, everybody that walked by him was a target. You know what it means to be born again? Anybody tell you today how much Jesus loves you? I said, what did I do? Hey, anybody tell you that Jesus loves you today? Anybody tell you what it means to be born again? Why? Because I'm imitating Christ as I see in Chris. The Lord is inviting us to a place of surrender tonight. Can I get the band to come up and help me? We're going to see miracles. We're going to go into it here in a minute. 
See, because what happens is when you begin to follow the voice of God, when you begin to make him the, the point of your life, not like just Saturday nights. It's not Jesus incorporated. It's Jesus takes over. Come on, when, when he begins to be not just something I turn on and I turn off, the light switches on and off, but he begins to be everything in my life. He's the point of my life. He's the one I love. I can't help myself. It's like the apostles. They, they, they tried to threaten the apostles. Stop talking about Jesus. And Peter stands up and says, you tell us whether it's better to obey you or God, but we can't help ourselves, but to testify of what we've seen and what we've heard. I feel like God wants to get many of us to that place where you just can't help yourself anymore, where there's just that love in you. And because there's that love for Christ in you, you're testifying about Jesus everywhere that you go. Because there's a faith that he's real, you're living your life in the presence of the Lord. And you know that nothing is impossible to those who are with God, that when you lay your hands on the sick, he lays his hands on the sick. Listen, listen, he's one with you. John 17, how many people believe that Jesus gets what he prays for? He prayed that you would be one with him. He actually makes it very clear. I don't just pray for these disciples, but I pray for the ones who will believe in me because of their word, because of their testimony. In other words, he's praying for you because you believe in Jesus because of the testimonies of the disciples. And he said, I pray that the glory which you've given to me would be in them. Come on, he never shares his glory with another, but you're not another. You're one with him. Come on. He said, I want to put my spirit in you. You're one with God. When you lay your hands on the sick, and because you believe in Jesus, because you believe nothing is impossible, when somebody walks by you in a grocery store, you can't help yourself but to ask if you can pray for him. Come on, fear is not your identity. I'm not afraid that God's not going to show up. I'm not afraid that they're going to reject me. I can't be rejected. I've already been accepted. I can't even be afraid. People say, but I'm, I'm afraid. I say, no, you're not. You're a child of God. They're, you're not afraid. People identify. They make it their identity. I'm afraid. No, you're not afraid. You feel fear. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says this, that you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. It calls fear a spirit. It says in another place, you've not received the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Both places, it describes fear as a spirit that you've not been given. Fear is a spirit, and God wants to deliver many of us from the spirit of fear. Tonight. Wants to empower you by his spirit. Wants to baptize you with his spirit. Go ahead and just stand to your feet for a minute. Something about seeing the miracles of God will ignite a faith in you of what's possible. You see a miracle take place and something comes alive in you. You see it right in front of you. You see a, a tumor dissolve under your hand. 
and it causes your heart to burn. You see a blind eye open and it causes your heart to burn. God's real. God's in the room. There's something about tasting and seeing the reality of God. Not just that we're talking about God, but we're experiencing God. That causes you to say, I don't care what the world has to offer me. I'm turning away from what the world has to offer me. And I'm going all in. I'm born for that. All this compromise in my life, that's not, that's not, doesn't even compare to this. When you see the glory of God, when you experience the glory of God, God, we're asking for that tonight. God, I'm asking that as we worship you, as we watch this video, if you can get that video up before we start singing, I want you guys to begin to just be ready to sing that song, that Brandon Lake song here in a minute. <laughs> if you're able. We're going to watch this video here in a minute, and the reason that I'm going to do it, and we're going to press in for a minute, but the reason I'm going to do it is because I want to set the atmosphere for faith, for the miracle. But in the middle of that, there's going to be multiple things happening. There's going to be people who have faith for your miracle to happen right now, and I want you to take it fast. The moment that you have faith, begin to do something you couldn't do before. Test it out. Don't wait for somebody to pray for you. Just immediately begin to run, begin to jump, begin to get out of your wheelchair, begin to test it out. The moment that you feel faith, take it fast. That means if, as you see it, as you see the miracle, take it fast. As you see the miracle, I want you to begin to celebrate because this is what happened. I was in Brazil, and this prophet came up to me, and he said, Richie, uh, he, he spoke in Spanish and to me and my friend Paul. He says, you're like Billy Graham and Jimmy Swagger. You're going to see stadiums filled for the glory of God. You're going to see thousands of people saved and healed. And he said, you're never going to have to worry about the money. This is going to be a sign. He said, look at me. You're not going to have to worry about the money. This will be a sign that what I say is true. There'll be a lady who gets out of a wheelchair and she'll run and it'll get caught on camera and it will go viral around the earth. All stuff you can't make happen. Two days later, this lady gets out of a wheelchair that you're going to see on this video. And a little young girl, a teenager, catches it on her iPhone camera. And she gives it to us, and we post, uh, Paul posted it, and it had 1.6 million views in a week. It goes viral on multiple platforms, 3.6 million on a different Instagram platform. Why? Because God's testifying of what time it is. It's harvest time. It's mass harvest time. We don't have time to, to keep playing church games. Come on. We got we to gotta begin to get activated. We got to begin to allow the Lord to touch our heart in a fresh way, to get baptized in fire, to come to a place of, of full repentance, to come to a place where the Lord's looking on our humility and says, it's my good pleasure to pour out my fire on that individual come to a place of desperation where we say we're not going to leave the altar until God touches us. Come to a place when you see that miracle, you're not just content with seeing other people see that miracle, but you, you begin to believe the word of God where he says in Mark 16, these signs follow those who believe. They lay their hands on the sick and they recover. And something in your heart says, I believe God. I want to lay my hands on the sick. I want to see them recover because I believe through my life, God. Touch me. Fill me with power tonight. Fill me with your spirit tonight. Fill me with the spirit of holiness tonight. Fill me with the spirit of power tonight. Make me a brand new creation. 
Not about me, not about my personality, not about what gifting I have, not about if I'm an evangelist or not, not about whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert. No, Christ in me, the fullness of glory. No, I want your life to be manifested so much that they would say, he's like Christ. That I can boldly say, follow me as I follow Christ. That I can with integrity stand before my family and say, I'm burning. And my kids can say, I saw Christ in my dad. I saw Christ in my mom. That we're living our life in such a way that we can be an example to our kids and to the generations after us. That we're not just content living a mediocre life, but we want to press in for all that God has provided. Jesus, you said, greater works will I do because you go to the Father. I want to see the greater works. I believe. Don't you tell me it can't happen. I believe. Come on, don't you tell me it can't happen. I believe. And I've seen it. Come on, let's play that video if you're able.
Yes, I know. 
if you need a miracle in your body tonight, I want you to come up to the front. Anyone who needs a miracle, I mean a miracle. If God doesn't break through, it ain't, it ain't gonna get better. I wanna, you need a miracle. And just line up across the front. I want everybody to put your hands up if you need a miracle. If you're up here for a miracle, just put your hands up so we can identify you. You see, when I'm in Brazil, we saw that night as we testified about what we had seen God do and we meditated on his miracles that night. We testified of what we saw him do. We got words of knowledge. Multiple people identified with the words of knowledge that, that, that they needed healing into a specific thing. And then we laughed over the different conditions because Psalms 2 says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. And we laughed at the works of the devil because it's easier to be healed than you think it is. Come on. And we begin to laugh over the different conditions. And as we did, three people came up to the front. The first three that came up, the first lady, she had a tumor in her breast and she stood up in front. She said, my tumor is gone. It's gone. I can't feel the tumor. The next lady came up to the front. She said, my tumor is gone as well. I had a tumor in my breast. It's gone. It's gone. In the room, you can feel the room begin to stir with expectation. They begin to stir. They're in a room that God is healing bodies. They're not sitting in the back spectating. I wonder if this is real or not. No, they're assuming that what Jesus said is true, that they're in a room and people are being healed because Jesus is alive because he resurrected from the dead and he's doing what he promised he would do. He's healing bodies. And so they begin to contribute. The next person that came up, he was a man. He had a compound fracture in his in his shin and the bone came out and he had a big lump as a result of it he began to testify it's gone the lump is gone the lump is gone faith explains explodes through the room and that lady who you saw comes walking down the aisle they're actually dragging her down the aisle and she ends up getting out of the wheelchair we saw thousands of miracles no exaggeration in that one night why because there was an atmosphere of create faith that was created. There was a, contrib a contribution to the everyday believer. Every one of us is contributing with faith that we are gonna be in a room, we're gonna live in a day where they all get healed. Jesus healed them all then. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because Jesus is resurrected, and because Jesus died on the cross, and because Jesus' blood was spilt for the forgiveness of sins, I have confidence that your body can be healed by the stripes of Jesus tonight. Amen? Just go ahead and put your hands up. We're going to sing again. We're going to sing again. I want you to sing with faith. Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night of breakthrough. Come on, Lord, we just press in. Lord, we're asking for the angels just to be released. Thank you for the angels that are here, God. Thank you, God, for the breakthrough that's already happening, God. Thank you for the measure of breakthrough that the house has already had. But, Father, we're asking for more. Pour out the more, God. Pour out breakthrough, the breakthrough anointing, God. Release those angels, Lord. Freedom, 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 freedom in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing. You heal because 
Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.